I'm here to remind you that you're exactly where you want to be. This very moment. The present moment. This is exactly where you want to be. The past couple weeks of my life have been amazing. Because I let patience take over. Have some patience today. This week. This month. And moving forward. Everything will unfold exactly the way that you want it to with patience. Whether you stress or not, things will come in the way. Things will try and take you off your course and mess you up a little bit, but that's life. In this very moment, you are standing exactly where you want to be and slow down. Take your time. It'll all happen whether you stress about it or not. So take your time and dominate this week. Have a wonderful week. But as we dive into episode five, I spoke with Gabby Towson, who is an entrepreneur, you could say. She worked with the Delaware Bluecoats, Philadelphia Soul, and Philadelphia 76ers. She shared from those organizations how she was able to take the things that she learned and apply them to her own business. Enjoy our conversation. So I would now like to welcome on Get PR founder and CEO, Gabby Townsend. Thanks for joining me, Gabby. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. So just jumping right into your sports experience that began in high school, right? You were a golfer. <laughs> yeah, I was. Actually, by that point, I had kind of, I did um, participate in contact sports when I was young. Um, and I had actually started with softball and field hockey, but I kind of weaned my way out of sports because I actually got really involved with music and theater. So I actually kind of dropped my contact sports one by one. Um, and I picked up golf and competitive weightlifting, which is weightlifting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to mention that as well. I thought I remember you participating in that too. Yeah, um, it's actually funny because I still love it and I still um, contribute it to teaching me so much about fitness and and lifting in general. Um, and it, my coach was great. He was tough. So I got taught at a very young age about, um, you know, dedication and hard work and, um, you know, holding myself accountable to hit certain goals and things like that. So I loved it. I do miss it in the Morristown Rec Center which I know the gym down there still exists. So maybe one day I'll have to jump down there. (laughs) So you being a golfer, did you want to continue doing that after high school? Is that something that you wanted to continue? So I had thought about it for like a hot second, but really only because it actually helped me narrow down colleges. So when I was trying to figure out where I wanted to go to school, I would put in golf like a golf, uh, some kind of program, whether it was like a structured team or like a club or whatever. Um, and, and my major or the majors that I was interested in, which, um, ended up being communications. And coincidentally, I actually found where I went to undergrad because of golf. So my undergrad, uh, I went to St. Francis university, um, which is in Loretto, Pennsylvania, about an hour and a half south of Pittsburgh. Um, they coincidentally have a division one girls golf team. Um, to be honest, I was super intimidated by 
playing golf in college. Um, I just really liked it for fun. It was a great stress relief for me. It's very similar to how I feel when I'm at the gym where like everything else just kind of falls away and I can just like really zone out. Um, so that's really what I ended up using golf for. Um, I actually started playing golf for networking. Um, my mom thought it would be a good uh, idea for me to be able to be good at it, to make connections in, um, you know, business and things like that for my future. So she actually signed me up for a golf camp my junior year of high school and I loved it. So then I played junior and senior year. So was she right when it came to the connections? I mean, ultimately, yes, because it did kind of get you into school. Right. At yeah. least your interest. Yeah. Right. It was your main um, Yeah. Interest. And I mean, uh, a lot of people will say that a lot of the best business deals happen on a golf course, um, which I do think has like some truth behind it. Um, it is really cool, though, that, um, you know, if you're in an office setting and as a female, you know, a lot of times the men will like go out for the day or they'll take a half day and go out on the course. Um, and I would have been able to go with them. Um, actually, there's a bunch, you know, from me working in sports, there was a bunch of guys that used to go out after work in the summer when we would have uh, early um, hours on, you know, for the summer on Fridays and they would go out and play golf. Um, and, but right now I, I do use it still a little bit for networking, but I really mainly use it just for stress relief. Right. And I know that you've had an extensive career in sports professionally. Can you kind of tell us when and where that all started? Yeah. Um, so it was a little bit all over the place, but, um, so I, when I came home, so I guess first when I was in my undergrad still, um, I had had two internships in like the communications realm. So I had one with a uh, PR agency in South Philly, um, which handled a lot of lifestyle PR clients. And then I had, uh, my senior year, I actually worked for our athletic communications office at St. Francis. And I feel like that really changed the game for me because I loved my first internship in PR and really thought that that was where I wanted to go first with my career was more of like an agency setting with um, clients in a bunch of different industries from like fashion to food and events. But then when I worked in sports, I, that was a huge, uh, contender for me as far as figuring out what I wanted to do after school. Um, so I had an internship there for a couple months, um, in the semester and actually they ended up being short staffed in that office and they ended up hiring me as a student worker. So for the, uh, end half of my senior semester of my undergrad, I actually got paid to work in the athletic communications office, um, which was great. So I did everything from, I actually did the live Twitter feeds from our men's and women's basketball, home basketball games. Um, Instagram was not like big yet when I was doing this job. So I didn't really do a ton with that. Um, but I did work on the programs and, um, the game notes for a lot of the teams, um, like bowling, basketball, um, lacrosse and then I also worked some home games for lacrosse and then helped track stats for men and women's home volleyball so that kind of got me like a, a little bit more well-rounded in the sports realm um it did make it hard for me to figure out what I wanted to do though so I actually ended up going to grad school and 
in my grad school program, which I went to LaSalle in Philly, um, I met a girl in one of my classes who was a part-time student and um, she had done a presentation for our presentations class on her job. And she had happened to work for, um, they were called the Delaware 87ers at the time, but now they're known as the Delaware Bluecoats, um, which is the official G League team of the Sixers. And I thought that her presentation was very interesting because she said she worked in sales, but I wasn't exactly sure what that meant. Um, so I actually just emailed her one day out of the blue and said, hey, I know we don't really know each other that well. I'm in your presentations class, but I would love to hear more about your job and, and kind of your day to day. And I'll never forget, she responded with, um, I don't actually have a day to day, but I'll let you know like what I did the last three days in the office. And I thought that was really cool um, because I'm not a person that sits well in, you know, a nine to five, very structured desk, stationary position. It's just not me. Um, and so when I got to know her more, she actually had said, listen, my manager um, here just started, but let me give him a little time to get settled and then I'll pass along your resume. So send it over. And two weeks later, I got an email from her manager asking me to come in for an interview. Um, so at this point though, I had actually applied for the sales team at the Sixers. <laughs> so oh, wow. this was before they all worked under the same roof. Now all of, most of the Blue Coat staff works in Camden at the Sixers. Um, but this was before that. So <laughs> they had no idea that I was interviewing with both teams at the same time. Um, and I had gotten offered um, a position with the Sixers to come onto the sales team a couple months later because their June class was already really full. Um, but then the, the 87ers at the time, they had offered me the job on the spot. So wow. I ended up taking that, which was funny. Um, and then I'll never forget when I got there, um, they had told me that I was going to go to the Sixers for training and I was like freaking out because I've been a Sixers fan my whole life. And I'm like, oh, my God, I get to go to their office and, you know, they're going to teach me everything and it's going to be awesome. And I walked into training and the manager that held the door for me in the conference room was the same manager that had interviewed me when I had turned down the position there. So now we like joke about it, about how <laughs> I was going right. to Sixers, but then I did, but then I sort of didn't, but did at the same time. Um, but it was awesome. Um, they really did teach me everything, um, everything I know about sales and techniques and, um, and things like that. And uh, I really attribute the sales um, management over there at the time for helping me be so successful when I was, uh, when I was at the blue coats. So that was, right. uh, that was sports job number one. Um, that came first before anything else. Um, and then I, when I was at the blue, when I was at the blue coats, I tried to network as much as possible and meet people from different departments. Um, whether it was like at staff meetings or just connecting with people on LinkedIn or literally just, I would send a few emails like, hi, my name's Gabby. I'm a sales associate, you know, in Delaware. And I would love to just learn more about what it is that your department does. Um, and things like that. So from networking, um, I met a lot of people 
Um, but I actually got recommended for a part-time sports job um, while I was working for them. So I actually got recommended to work the um, – actually, I think first it was the Sixers, if I remember correctly. It might have been game presentation staff for the Sixers first, and then it was the Philadelphia Soul. So um, from networking at the Sixers, I became interested in game presentations, um, which for people that don't know what that is – they pretty much run everything within a game that happens on the court that is not the players or the team at all. So they are in charge of the lighting, the sound, the um, announcer, the mascot, the dance team, the any of the entertainment, the MCs, um, and they're in charge of all the on-court promotions so um like the wendy's frosty freeze out or any of those other like fun games that are sponsored all falls under their umbrella um and they help make sure that those are all executed during a game so um i ended up working game days with them and absolutely loved it um i still think that it was the best job i have ever had in my life um it was so much fun i met awesome people um, I met a lot of people that rang the bell pregame. I helped um, make sure that, um, you know, the dunk squad got on the court okay and no rubber bands were on the court when they flung T-shirts and, like, all that kind of stuff. And it just was awesome. Um, so then uh, my friends at the Philadelphia Soul at the time had recommended me because they needed a game day staff. And I had already had experience with the Sixers at this point. Um, so that kind of worked me in to there and they have opposite season of the Sixers. So, um, so I did work in game crew for them as well. So at one wow. time I was working for three sports teams at once, Wow, which was nuts, but I loved it. Um, and then that actually teed me up to work at the soul full time, just from networking from that game crew job. Um, again, it was super fun. Um, and I met a lot of people, including, um, the management of that team at the time. So when the position opened up in communications, I went right in there. So, um, I had already gotten promoted at the Sixers once by that point. So I was pretty, um, pretty good, you know, um, like pretty happy with my success there. Um, I was on a list for the top 15, new revenue sales, um, in the G league, which was awesome. Um, in my second year. So I felt pretty accomplished there and wasn't exactly sure how, if I wanted to move up in sales specifically. Um, so that's why when the position at the soul opened up, I inquired about that. Right. And a lot of people don't realize that the game day operations that you went through, people just think that those things happen and they don't realize that there are people behind the scenes actually running that show right and literally the word running was an actual literal thing that happens because right. we, <laughs> and anyone anyone listening to this that works for the sixers knows because literally we were we would all run Run <laughs> um, it. um but really it was amazing um i highly recommend anyone that's looking to get um into sports just needing somewhere to start um to look into any jobs that have that description. Um, it's usually called game day staff or game crew or, or something similar um, to that. But all the sports teams have them. I have friends that 
are on game crew for the Eagles. The Flyers is called the Fun Patrol, so they have one as well. Um, I think the Union has one. If not, I'm sure they will because they're doing all kinds of great sponsorship things now. So um, I would definitely keep an eye out for those types of jobs if you're looking for um, – a, a way into the industry, um, but easing your way in because those jobs are definitely part-time. Right. And when you do get the opportunity, you're a prime example of simple networking. Just like you said, sending those little emails, they go a long way. Right. And I know, um, you know, a lot of the departments would get super busy. So honestly, what was the worst that could happen? Somebody just, you know, wouldn't respond. And my email probably got piled on top of a lot of other really important emails. And that's totally understandable. And I actually understood that even more so the longer I worked in the organization and I saw exactly how crazy busy, um, the, you know, the people at the Sixers are. Um, but I actually really used it a lot to build relationships with my female mentors at the Sixers. So I was really, really blessed to be in a sports organization that had so many women in leadership. Um, the Philadelphia Business Journal, I believe, actually did a huge article on the women of the Sixers um, and um, and and just the dynamic there and, and being a woman in sports, how it used to be so hard to come by to to find women in sports, let alone women in, in leadership positions. Um, but at the Sixers, it was like everywhere I turned around, it, it wasn't even just a manager that was a female, but a director and even in the C-suite as well, um, which was really amazing. And, and a lot of those women are still my mentors today, which I'm super thankful for. Right. And through a lot of those mentorships and relationships, I'm sure that that's been extremely motivational for you and has even put you in the position that you are now with your own business, right? Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's actually funny. I, um, when I was no longer working for the Philadelphia Soul, I actually went to a Sixers game the day after. Um, the day after I was let go from there, I went to a Sixers game. I actually um, was there shadowing a, uh, a department that I was close friends with. Um, and and I, I realized like, Wow. Like, okay, this happened. So what can I learn from this? Um, and being back there got me again, connected with some of my female mentors from there. And, um, the little plug was put into my head. Like you can do this as you, like, you don't have to, you know, one of my mentors had told me that I don't have to rely on somebody else to get this rolling. Um, I had the experience, I had a great network, um, and I was lucky that I had a network so young. Um, so I was 25 when I had launched Get PR, which will be a year. It'll be a year actually in the beginning of February. Um, so, wow. but I literally made the decision officially to form Get PR literally the day after that Sixers game. So wow. I had, I was talking to a lot of my mentors about it. Um, about my situation. Um, I wasn't sure what to do and they really did help me just get a little bit of a peace of mind, not even just make my decision, but just, just to be more comfortable with what had happened and that it was a learning experience, um, and really focusing on what I was able to learn from, from that. Um, 
so that was that was a big uh, a big little key keynote for me. Um, I hadn't been to a Sixers game all year, so I was like really excited to just be there. Um, I when I worked there, I used to have to pinch myself when I would stand um, by the Liberty Bell that they hit before the games, and I would be watching the pregame. Uh, hype video up on the jumbotron and I'd be standing on the court like wow like this is work for me and I feel like sometimes it's so easy for people to get caught up in that because we're so used to working like this is our job we get paid for this there's a lot of stress um in sports in general but there was a lot in that um department as well and there's a lot of very important things that they do and so I had to remind myself to just take a minute and be like, dang, like I used to dream of stepping on this court when I was little and like, here I am. Um, wow. So it was really powerful, but it was, it, it did take me um, really telling myself to hold up for a second to, to realize. Um, right. But yeah, it was, I've learned, I learned so much from, from all of my game crew experience from there. Um, but but yeah, but now I'm now I'm in sports as a fan again, um, which is kind of nice. So uh, yeah, I do like attending the games for fun. Um, I kind of missed actually watching the game, um, which I never yeah. when I worked in sports, except for the soul, because I had to write about all of the details of the game um, and, and that I loved. But um, it's nice to be able to watch it now as a fan. Right. <laughs> And a lot of people always want to work for their dream team, the the team that they, they love. But like you said, you didn't get to watch a lot of the game. So did that kind of change your for perspective of being a fan and being so passionate about it and something maybe you've even questioned if, if that was something you wanted to do for the rest of your life? Right. Um, so honestly, I feel like it, it didn't really as far as like me loving the Sixers. Um, I actually, I feel like if anything, I got a little bit more hype about them, especially when I was in sales, um, because when I was selling, um, I was selling for the G League team. So when I first got into the organization, I wasn't even 100% sure on how the G League even worked, let alone like how I was supposed to feel about it. Um, but I ended up loving the whole concept of the G league and that made it so much easier for me to hit my goals in sales because when I worked there, our whole goal was, um, it's a very, it was a family friendly environment. The tickets were affordable and the players were talented, although they might not have been NBA players, even though to be honest, half our team was at some point, which was pretty cool. Um, but that to me was so cool that you could literally pay $10 and sit in an arena and watch guys that had NBA experience play basketball. And to me, that was cool. So I really focused on that and on helping families create memories at the games. And that's what made it an e like, honestly, it made it easy for me. Um, I am naturally good at sales. So it, it came natural to me also, but really I, I believed in, in the, you know, our message and the culture of not only the 
the blue coats, but also the Sixers. Like the culture there is great. Um, I still to this day have a lot of friends that work there and it's been a couple years now since I've been there. So, um, I really just focused on that. And I think that working there made me appreciate it even more because I didn't know what the culture was like until I worked there. Um, and so I think that that made a really positive impact. Um, and now that I'm an entrepreneur, I always joke around about how sometimes I really miss having people around like right, right. office um, and at the Sixers, you might hear stories about how they have like um, collapsible basketball hoops, like on the sales floor and they have dunk contests in like the middle of the day, which is totally <laughs> true. Um, by the way, they also have like hockey nets and do like shootouts and stuff. Cause they also sell devils now. Um, so it, that really does happen. And I do miss that. <laughs> Um, not right. that I'm good at either of those things, but, but right. I just miss that environment and, um, and the competitiveness of sales and at the Sixers and at really honestly, at, at any team that I have anyone I know working at, it seems to be the same. Um, right. and that I do miss. And, and sometimes it's a little bit harder, um, when you work for yourself to really be able to create a culture like that, or at least in the beginning. Right. So considering all of your experience from the Soul, Blue Coats, Sixers, can you kind of take us through this process of what the last year has been like for you and you working for yourself? Yeah, so um, my my biggest passion is storytelling. So not only do I like to tell stories, but I also love to hear people's stories. And I've always been that way. Um, I always really loved, like this is kind of random, but I always really loved like tours and and speakers and things like that. Like even when I was young in school, because I just love to sit and hear about what other people have gone through um, and and what has got them to where they are and, and journeys and all of that has just always been interesting to me. So I have been able to really thread that, I think, throughout everything that I've done. So it's funny because like I started this off by saying that my sports experience is all over the place. But if you th really think about my overall passion, it's kind of not because um, it kind of yeah. fits because I really like to help people create memories um, things that they'll never forget. And that was something that we really focused on when I worked in sports, um, for the Sixers and, and for, um, for the blue coats. And I even, I also tried to incorporate that at the soul as well as I I'm trying really hard to be able to help people have these lasting memories, um, to carry through, their life, um, and, and influence their journey and help them influence other people. Um, so, you know, when I worked in sales, I was, like I said, I was helping making sure these families could create these awesome sports memories at these games. Um, like I have my own favorite sports memories. Um, and then for the soul, I actually, that job to me, that that job description was a privilege. I was able to share the stories of these players, of these coaches, um, and the guys that I had that I've met there. Just honestly, have some of the best stories. Um, they have played. Some of them have played all over the world. Um, they've played in college. They've played. All of them have played all over the country. Um, same with the coaches. They have experienced 
all over the place. Um, and they're all so passionate and they're not playing in the NFL. They're playing in the AFL. They're playing because they were passionate about football, not because they were trying to, you know, focus on money or, or fame, or they were just doing it because they love the sport. And I wanted people to know that. And I wanted people to see that and see how that set them apart from maybe some other teams or leagues or players. Um, so now with my business, um, get PR is a communications agency that helps sharing other people's stories with the world. So we do that through, um, strategic public relations campaigns and social media. Social media is now the biggest way that people share stories with other people, whether it's their own story or it's someone else's right. As we're sitting here for a podcast, literally right, um, right. <laughs> that post on social media for yeah. like, a while. Um, so it's like everywhere you turn now, people want their stories heard. Um, so forget PR. Um, we've connected with some really amazing people over the last year. Um, we're very blessed that, um, we actually picked up our first few clients within the first month of being a live business, um, which is absolutely amazing. And I'm very thankful for everyone that I've worked with in the last year. Um, but we have really been a part of some great projects and some great stories. Um, so I'm still able to to help people make these memories and share their stories with the world from from sports now into more of a communication space. Um and teaser, I am also working on another business, um, a subsidiary of GetPR will be launching soon. Um, wow. That will also be focusing on helping people create memories. Um, but this time it's actually going to be photography focused um, and it's going to start in the city of Philadelphia. And that's all I'll say for now. Uh, <laughs> but, but I'm really excited and it's um, it's a, been a passion project of mine a little bit. So I'm excited to make it a reality and, and continue the passion for storytelling um, because I think it's so important. And, um, you know, even outlets like this, like you're doing this podcast so that you can help tell the stories of and help people share their stories of people that are sports fans or have been affiliated in sports. And um, so it ended up being yeah. it because we kind of aligned with that. So. And obviously, I wish you the best of luck. But just as as we leave this, you've been inside of these organizations, and right. you're now on the outside, but you're still kind of in your own. If you could kind of give a piece of advice to someone that is maybe on the edge of wanting to start their own thing, but they just they might not have the courage to do so. What is the most important thing for them to just take that leap? You think? Okay, so my biggest thing here is just start. Like, just don't even think, because I did this exact same thing. Don't even think about it. Don't get caught up in the little things. Just start it. If you want to start a blog, start it. You don't have to have a logo. You don't have to have branding. You don't even have to have a domain that you pay for. You could literally write a blog post on a notepad on your computer and that's great. And then put it somewhere. It could be anywhere. Um, it could be on Facebook. It could be on LinkedIn. It could be literally anywhere. But just start it. 
because you're never, and I think that this is, this is something that I struggled with personally. There will never be a moment where you're going to be like, okay, I woke up today and now I feel ready. Like that's not a thing. Um, I don't know if people have written that that's a thing probably, but I will literally tell you, and you can ask any entrepreneur that that is not real life. The real life is people get put in situations that are out of their control. Like for example, when I got let go from my position, that was something I couldn't control. And people sometimes are put in financial positions they can't control. Um, you never know. Life happens crazily like things just happen and you have to be able to say just start just don't even worry about the details and that was my my biggest problem I think was I was too focused on the details I would catch myself saying oh well I don't want to tell people what the name is until the logo's done like why yeah. Yeah. like what did I just do now I literally just hid the name of my upcoming business because the branding isn't finished yes yeah and it's see what like it's it's you just have to put all of that aside. And when you're passionate about it, it's going to happen. Manifest it happening and then just do it. Like I'm sure, you know, I actually, I heard um, when I was listening to the podcast yesterday, when I was listening to the last episode, how they were saying that they thought, it, you know, it took like a year or whatever to develop. And it's those details sometimes that get you so caught up in your head that then you start thinking like how they thought, like they were sitting around recording themselves, like, what are we doing? And yeah. now mind you, I think it's very normal to have those days where you're like, what am I doing? <laughs> um, yeah. days, like I have those days. Um, some days when I'm running around trying to get from point A to point B before my waitressing shift, I'm like, is this like really what I'm supposed to be doing? Um, but it, what, if you are passionate about it, it will happen. So this podcast is something they're very passionate about. And look, here it is. Like you starting yeah. your brand of it, you are passionate about it. And here you are like that. That's just how, you know, in my eyes, at least that's how it seems to make the most sense to me. So I would tell people to just start to not focus on the little details. And when you are passionate about something, you will make it happen. Right. And just kind of branching off what you said, there are things that are out of your control, but your effort is the most important thing that you can control. And that changes everything. You know? yep. Effort and reaction, 100%. Like there have been so many situations where, um, you know, inquiries have come in to get PR through the last year um, where I could or could not have worked on a project or with a brand or a company or, um, you know, something was said or, uh, uh, you know, anything where my reaction as the owner of my business was key. How I reacted to that was going to dictate so many next steps for me. Um, so definitely, you know, obviously we all know now that things happen beyond our control in life, but definitely your outlook, you know, your, your view of it. And like you said, your effort and how you react to it is really going to dictate what happens next. Absolutely. And of course, just before we leave off, I would like to give a shout out to get PR and on Instagram it's, it's at get PR dot work. And then my personal one is actually just my first and last name. So it's just Gabby, two B's with an I, Townsend. 
Cool. And Gabby, again, I would like to thank you for joining me. And of course, much respect to the entrepreneurial lifestyle that you're living because I know that it is not easy. Oh, but, no. <laughs> yeah. Not even sliced. <laughs> it is not easy, but it definitely keeps you busy for sure. Yep. And I love it anyway. <laughs> and uh, just for that other business venture that you are working on, uh, I look forward to speaking to you about that in the near future too. Yeah, stay tuned. Um, like I said, I'm I'm still working out kinks here for uh, for branding. Website is I would say 85% done, um, and I will be launching it, announcing it on social media. So definitely stay tuned to Instagram for that. Gabby, would like to thank you again for joining us. I believe her story is very important for people around our age because she's proving that you can be in an organization. You can have success through networking and you can take what other people have taught you and take it to other areas, other things that you want to venture into, things that you want to start, avenues that you want to pursue. You can do anything that you want behind a little bit of action. Everything else will take its course. Again, I hope you guys enjoyed. Until next time.